Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Attention, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and coasties. The holiday season is right around the corner. And some of you might be wondering, how am I going to afford to travel back home to visit my loved ones? Have no fear. Holidays for the Heroes is here. Last year, Holidays for the Heroes received donations from patriotic donors, and we were able to send 65 armed service members with a fully paid round-trip ticket and got them home for the holidays. Wait, but what's the catch, you might ask? Buckle your parachute strap. There is no catch and no hidden fees. Just contributions from good old-fashioned Americans who want to help heroes like you and show their appreciation for your service. If you're an active soldier and want to register, or an individual who wants to be a part of that growing group of patriotic donors, please go to www.holidaysfortheheroes.org. That's www.holidaysfortheheroes.org. Blossom. It's time for an episode of Be Awesome. Find positivity throughout your life and work. Just like our mascot rooster, Steve the Jerk. Hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is your host, Joshua Peach, for episode 80, and I've got a return guest. And this is a great one. They're all great ones, but this is. This to me is is what it's all about. Um, my now great friend and inspiration, David Cooks. Uh, David and I met on LinkedIn in probably 2016, 17, just as a connection request. We had some mutual friends. Uh, he had a post about being a coach on a basketball team. And uh, I just, I liked his content. So I connected with him. Um, and then all of a sudden, somewhere in 2018, I saw a post that he was launching his book, getting undressed and just the title of it uh, caught my eye and I, I bought the book and uh, it sat for a little bit and as luck would have it, I'll never forget. I was on the ferry going out to Nantucket for a sales call. I had his book and he put a post up where he was delivering a keynote in Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin at the Kalahari. And I could tell there was no signage or anything. I've just I've been fortunate enough to stand on that stage. As a matter of fact, I stood on that stage, that same, same stage, October 31st, uh, 2017, delivered a keynote and drove very fast to Chicago so I could get home for a trick or treat. So I, know, I knew the space. So I said, that looks like the Kalahari in Wisconsin, Bells, Wisconsin. It was a Friday. And he responded and said, how did you know? And I said, I'll be there Sunday, which I was going back out on that Sunday. And uh, all of a sudden I'm reading his book and realized that I never knew a very important piece to the Getting Undressed title of the book. Uh, Below it, it says, From Paralysis to Purpose. And I read the book. Uh, I noted it up, and we'll get into it. And by the end of Friday, I'm messaging David and saying, I've got to meet you, and we've got to do a podcast. Be Awesome just started. And out of we spent Saturday talking back and forth and he lives in Milwaukee, right? You're in Milwaukee. Yep. That's right. Uh, which is about 60 some odd miles away or some, something out thereabouts 
from Madison, Wisconsin, where I was landing. And we decided to meet in uh, Starbucks because I knew nothing about podcasts. You go back to episode 15. <laughs> and uh, we happened to be in the loudest Starbucks ever, sitting in the middle of this, doing a podcast. And it's great. It, the sound is tough, but it's a great podcast. So if you want to listen to a great podcast, episode 15. But David drove 60 miles each way on a Sunday night to do this podcast. And for the last 23 months, I have had the honor to be uh, considered a friend to David. And we talk regularly and we have an amazing uh, bond and friendship. And like I say, he inspires me regularly and he puts me in my place when I'm having some stinking thinking because uh, he's he'll, he'll, put, he'll, put, he'll put it right. So that is how David came into my life. That's where we're at right now. David, welcome back to the Be Awesome podcast, my friend. Man, it is so good to be back. Can you believe this is episode 80? Yeah. I, I mean, when you, when you told me that, man, that's this is fantastic. First of all, you know, success. Uh, congratulations on your podcast success and that you've kept it going this long and you've got such a um, um, great listening audience and they're committed to what you're doing. And so I'm just glad to be back and you know that we can actually hear each other um, <laughs> talk. That was one of the most classic moments ever. I mean, I figured it's going to be a Starbucks. It's going to be on the West side of town away from campus. So clearly there wouldn't be any students or anything in there. And it was well, pouring rain. It was pouring rain and it's packed in there. And I don't know you, you don't know me, we can't hear each other and we're just doing a podcast for the ages. Yeah. Lots of lessons in that, lots of lessons about taking risk. You know, I'm driving up to meet you. I don't know you over anyone. You don't know me and we connect and the rest is history, so to speak, you know, and, and so it's good to be able to come back um, and do this another time. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I could have seen you telling your wife, listen, if I, if you don't hear from me in a couple of hours, this is the guy in the phone number that you can reach him at and ask where I'm at because uh, I don't know him. Uh, and I remember that. And, and I actually, I think you told me uh, that you actually, because you, you know what? It's funny. You and I talk almost every time you, you almost have, I almost feel like you have a GPS cause I'm going to the butcher, uh, the local butcher to get my, to get my weekend uh, steaks and things. Um, but I'm almost positive that Saturday you and I talked, I was going to the, to the produce barn and, and you had told me um, that, you know, you were talking through this whole thing and you told your wife, you're like, I don't know why, but I gotta, I, you know, I, I gotta go to this thing. I just, there's just something that's going to come about this. And I had the same feeling about you. And yet we had only talked on the phone once. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I, I know I told my wife, I said, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but I'm going to go to Madison and meet this guy and uh, I'll be, I'll be back sometime tonight. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, and it's, it has been. Um, and I think that's, that's, what makes this our relationship very cool is that it was just so like out of left field. And what we found was we live in two different worlds, right? You're in Milwaukee, I'm in Boston. We've had, you know, different, different upbringings, different challenges in life. Um, but we found so many similarities and so much commonality in how we view things and how we look at things and how we handle things that we've just built this amazing bond. Uh, like I, I go to you so, so often, it, it, whether you know it or not, looking for advice 
I don't ask for it, but I'll ask you questions <laughs> for you to give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, the beauty of it, uh, of what you just described was it was just very organic yeah. and there was nothing manufactured about it. Um, I didn't come to meet you to analyze you or to judge who you were or to see where you stood on things and all of that. We were there um, to, to give each other an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really what, what started it all. And you had read my book and from my book, you can really get a lot about who I am as a person. And that didn't threaten you. That didn't intimidate you. Uh, and then I didn't know anything about you. And, and so I'm talking to you and whatever you said to me, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I mean, I guess we boys now. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had about, I had about, uh, I had about 200 post-it notes knowing about you and your book. Uh, you still have the record for most post-it notes, uh, for nuggets of knowledge and takeaways, uh, in any book I've ever written. Um, which is, which is, uh, it's, it was, that was a very cool uh, experience. Just share with folks, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to sit here and talk, but I think it's important when we've, we've referenced the book, let, let's talk about your book a little bit uh, for those that didn't hear episode 15. What, what, what is it? What's it about? You know, what, what made you do it? Yeah. Well, uh, as you said, the name of the book is getting undressed from paralysis to purpose. And it's my memoir. It's a take a look. It takes a look rather at my life from age 15 when I experienced a spinal aneurysm all the way up until I wrote the book in 2016. And so it's a book that really um, tries to encourage people on getting from difficult places in their life to purpose and part of that purpose being to serve others, even in the midst of something challenging that you might be dealing with. Uh, and there are three essential things that I think um, resonate throughout the book. One is your perspective, one is perseverance, and one is partnerships. Uh, and, I, and I'm grateful um, that I was able to switch uh, what I saw because my per- perspective does drive performance. And how I saw my situation change when I realized there were people who were worse off than I was. Uh, but I also wanted to work really hard at it. I wanted to, to, to get back to life as I knew it. And then thirdly, I'm just grateful that um, I don't have to do this by myself. And I think sometimes we think whenever we have challenges and difficulties that we're in it all by ourselves, we're alone. And it's not the case. I mean, there are people that are always willing to help you. And those partnerships are huge and have been for me. You know, it's kind of funny. We talk about our relationship and and how I was able to um, kind of pay you back, so to speak, and have you on my mini podcast called yeah. In- Insights from Getting Undressed. And you were able to share your insights with my audience and 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 people on social media about the book. So it's kind of funny that we you know, keep doing this with each other and, and, and keep finding insights and things that encourage us along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, um, it's interesting, uh, how the, 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 the piece, the piecing together happens. Um, because, you know, in, in my intention with the, with the podcast has been, and, and I don't do it frequently. I don't do it infrequently. I do it as, um, as a be awesome person presents itself to me like as a, my, my my journeys 
um, you know, starting with Santa Claus and just kind of working through all of that. And what I found is, and you were on my group, you know, my, my, my um, anniversary would be awesome where we had 43 of the past guests, you know, all on. And what, I, what we saw on the board was uh, a community. You saw yeah. a community of people that for me were as far as 6,000 miles away with Santa Claus and as close to me as some of my local businesses that were having some struggles through COVID that, that, uh, that came on and shared their stories and everything in between. And you're absolutely right that it, it's, it's, the, it's the community that you're with. It's not necessarily the blood that is shared with family. It's not necessarily your neighbor next door. It's the people that you choose to let into your community that will either support and encourage you or discourage and hurt you. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I found in, in my journey in life was I definitely had a lot of the discourage and hurt for the wrong reasons. Like I thought that they were friends or I thought they were people that I could count on, whether it was because they were around me, you know, through this period or whatever. Um, but I had to do a real gut check of, you know, what's my inventory look like for people that I could call up and say, Hey, I'm going through this. You, you've, mm -hmm. you've listened to me. I mean, this has been, hard on everybody. So I'm not saying that it's been any harder on me than anyone else, but you know, you're in the same boat as I am when it comes to we've, we've lost, you know, monetary opportunities. We've lost, I mean, a, a big part of our li livelihood lies on getting up on stage and talking to people and get engaging in people. And I'll be the first to admit, I, <laughs> I blew this whole COVID thing completely off. I was like, I, I was just looking at it. I just, I was cleaning out my uh, virtual wallet on my iPhone today. My last flight was March 12th. And wow. I was and I and I had no fear in flying. I had no mask on. I had no worry. I you know, I washed my hands, but I didn't have sanitizer. I didn't have anything that that I mean, I go out with like a utility belt now with masks and sanitizer <laughs> and wipes and like so I put I blew this thing off. Like I was right. booked I was booked solid through the end of the year. I had great opportunities and I was like, there's no way this is, there's no way this country is going to shut down for any period of time. There's no way we're going to not have events. There's no way. And then all of a sudden May rolls around 62 days after this whole thing started. I'm looking around. I'm like, what the heck just happened here? <laughs> <laughs> and if it was just me by myself, you know, this, you went through it with me. If it was just right. me by myself, I'd be in the ground right now. I, yep, guarantee, no. I guarantee it. I guarantee you, you know, you, you mentioned the word community and I think we've gotten away from community in this country. We've got a bunch of neighborhoods, mm -hmm. but we don't have community. Yep. And the difference is that in community, there's trust and there's a way to work together. And that's what, like you said, with your be awesome podcast, I remember that day when you celebrated it and I, and I saw the picture of all those people up and I began to hear some of their stories and I was so inspired by their stories. Like, who are these people? You know, I'm like, man, you know, I had, I need to listen to all of your episodes. Yeah. And it was so inspiring that you had a group of people all from different walks of life who were able to have the common human experience of struggle and victory and ups and downs. And that's the common thread of living. Mm -hmm. And and once you understand that, I mean, it does help to eliminate uh, some of these 
uh, prejudices and all that kind of stuff that are there. It's just, you're a human being like I am. And if you can help me and if I can help you, let's do it. Yep. You know? And so it's a very simple, it's a very simple thing. I don't think, I think we've overcomplicated a lot of this and we've made it um, much more divisive than it needs to be because right now we're all uh, trying to navigate through this thing called COVID-19. Yeah. And like you said, we have all on some level experienced some form of paralysis. Paralysis as in the ability to function fully. Mm-hmm. We all have had that impact. And for some of us, like you said, you know, our business dried up like overnight, yeah. you know, and left us wondering, okay, what do we do next? And how, where's, where's the next opportunity going to come from? And we're still, and we're still searching that out, but thankfully we didn't get stuck in paralysis. Yep. We're starting to move forward and pivot and do some things uh, to hopefully be ready for uh, the next opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, you know, one of the things that we touch on, uh, we, we just did it just before we, you know, you and I got to catch up a little bit. Um, you know, I think one of the things that people should need to really start looking at is stop being a Democrat or a Republican. Stop worrying about, you know, things we can't control. Stop determining if someone's a racist or not a racist and just have dialogue. You and I, you and I have spoken a couple times politics, right? Right. We've, we've talked about politics and I don't believe I know and I don't want to know and I don't want you to tell me. So don't <laughs> don't put it out. on. But I don't know who you vote for. You said right. mail in. I don't know who you're voting for. We That's just right. have we just have an open dialogue and we're open to saying this is wrong on the left, this is wrong on the right, this is what's right on the left, this is what's right. It's called dialogue, it's called discussion. And yep. you know, I think that there's a lot of friendships, relationships that probably are good ones that are being ruined by wanting to be right and fighting for all of the stuff that's going on with regard to politics. And it's awful. And what's what we've come to with that is what you're what and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm seeing in people is they're trying to point the faults and everyone and the other side of things and not find the good stuff because we're finding we're trying to vote we're trying to determine our answer based on the the lesser of two evils of the of we're trying to vote for the best of the worst I guess mm-hmm. um, and and that's that's not healthy for anybody it's like no. in, in business. Like if I was going up against you, so, so someone's, an association is going to pick a keynote speaker and, and they do this all the time. They go, Hey, we're, we're going to evaluate keynote speakers, send out your prospectus and not this and not that. And then they have, I'm sure you've had a number of, co- of, uh, of exploratory conversations. We'll say, what are you going to talk about when you do? And somebody's like, um, why should we choose you over David Cooks? Oh, David, David, you don't want David. Here, I'll tell you all the reasons why you don't want David. I got them. I, I got a whole long list of them. No, I wouldn't do that. Right. I would never do that. I, right. What I would say is I don't know why you shouldn't pick David, but what I do know is why you should pick me. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That's, that's the mindset that people have to have uh, to, to just to, to get along. And if you can't have people that are like that, find different people. <laughs> there you go. We, look, you made a very great statement earlier about you are living your life with people that were pulling you down and you had to evaluate that and get some different people. Yep. And, and I think that that's the key is that, you know, since when was it okay to get the worst of something? Mm-hmm. I mean, who does that? What, I mean, that doesn't even sound right. Right. You know, I like to have the worst cut of meat 
please no. I need the one that's a little worse than that, but not as worse as who does, that doesn't make any sense, right. you know? And so one of the things that I know that I've been um, trying to do with my life is identify the best in people and rally around that, you know, um, instead of, instead of me focusing on someone's faults and, and the things that are wrong with their life, maybe I can encourage them in those areas that, that they're strong in, and then that can help them to address the things that maybe they aren't so strong in. You, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. and, and, and I think that those are, ch- are choices. One of the things, and you remember in the book, I talked about my four friends in high school. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, one was a liberal, one was a conservative. You had an evangelical Christian, you had an African-American guy. And somewhere in there was a guy that had a drug problem, a drug and alcohol problem. They were all different guys. And I didn't have a lot in common with them on the surface, but underneath that, they had a real concern for my well-being mm-hmm. and for me to get through my high school after having a, a tragic and a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And what that did was, that's what brought us together. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that we had the differences of race and religion and uh, political uh, views. It was, it was, we need to help Dave Cooks. We need to partner with him and help him get to the finish line. Mm -hmm. And I'm convinced that those relationships are still possible, but you have to choose to do that. Mm -hmm. You have to choose to do that and make that commitment. And I'm grateful that they did, because I don't know if I'd be talking to you today, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I thank them too, then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah and and, and 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 i still talk to those guys yeah i still talk to those guys to this day yeah. and and i thank them all the time for what they did for me they did not know when they were 17 years old that they were helping to plant seeds for the rest of my life they mm-hmm. were just doing what they thought was the right thing to do at the time right and those are those are uh i always tell people you know you you when you get those types of relationships, you hang, you hang the heck on to them, you know, because you just, you don't have those, um, you know, I'll tell you, I talk about social media all the time and I think it's just awful. I, I've taken a, a social media hiatus of sorts. I've been, did very few posts. I haven't done much with the awesome on it because it's just, it's gotten just so toxic and, and, but it's also gives you exposure and ideas on, you know, what I always say, if you have to wonder what somebody says behind your back because you're worried, probably not somebody you want to give an opportunity to say something behind your back, even though it said behind your back, it's not meant for you to hear. Probably doesn't make sense for that, you know, for that to be. I've got uh, two of my best friends I've had since the third or fourth grade twins. So, you know, it's like you say, Oh, these are my best friends. Well, how do you have two best friends? Well, they happen to be twins. They shared a bunk beds until they were like 38 or something, whenever they both got married, you know? Um, But you know, those two, those are two guys that they, they've always had my back. You know, they've always looked out for me and, and they're, they're always there. And, uh, you know, I don't ever worry that either of them is at, at a party or someplace and going, Oh, that peach guy, look at his beard or any of that stuff. I don't have to worry about that. And if I did, right. then I just say, you know what, I, I got to find different people, not worry about that stuff with. That's um, right. And that's, that's the character and integrity, which is important for people to, you know, people to carry and to have um, that, you know, a lot of folks don't have that. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's why, you know, my relationship with you, I'm just so, 
you know, I just have such a, a, an honor to have it because it was like out of the gate, it's boom. We're just, we're just talking about this, talking politics, talk religion, talk social unrest. I think we've covered the entire gambit over the last five months and we've never had our tone never changed. It was just always no. this. It was just good, good, uh, good dialogue. Um, I had a thought and it, it just escaped my brain as I was shifting. So it's going to come back to me and I'm just going <laughs> to randomly be like, Oh yeah, this is what I wanted to talk about next. Um, you know, but so you touched on this because I think it's important for, I get a lot of people that listen that are, um, in the association space. I use this platform. Uh, a lot of people say, why do you do the podcast? There's about 700 reasons. Uh, one of them is I send episodes to associations that are interested in talking to me. And mm -hmm. you brought up the, the, um, the, you know, what do we do? You know, the show stop. And, uh, and you, you jumped on this way, way quicker than I did. I'm still way behind, but uh, you're starting to do the virtual stuff. So how's that going? Yeah, well, you know, I, it's, uh, I think it's going okay. You know, I've done uh, uh, recently three or four and I've got a couple more lined up and uh, it's an adjustment. You know, I think that much like you, you know, when you're a public speaker, you actually are feeding off the energy in the room and, and, and off of the people. And, and that kind of gives you an idea of where you need to go. I mean, you kind of, you know what you want to say. Um, so, so this has been very different for me um, and that I don't know if I'm doing a great job or not, um, <laughs> because you don't get that feedback right away. Yeah. But, but, but I tell you what, one of the things that I have learned is that if your mess, if your message is clear, mm -hmm. it will get to the people right. when, when you're speaking with them. And, um, as long as they're, and it was, what's, what's nice about this is a lot of times they record them so they can go back. Right. And and hear you again. And perhaps they miss something or perhaps uh, they want to just go back and, and make sure they got something the right way. And I think it gives you an opportunity to even be more impactful than being there and then taking off. Yeah. You know, so again, here we go talking about perspective on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. No, it's not the same. But there's nothing wrong with it being different. You still have to look at opportunities as a way to maximize them and get your message across. For me, you know, if I can just encourage somebody or give somebody a little bit of direction um, and how to pivot and navigate through difficult uh, times, and if it's just one person, then I've been successful with that and that's all I need. You know, um, uh, we all would like to speak in front of 10,000 people and be in a big arena and do all those types of things. Um, but I'm just as happy talking to you right now as if I were in an arena with 10,000 people. Right. Well, that's a ripple effect, right? So it's, you, you know, and that's the, the, uh, when I started speaking and that, that wasn't my, you know, I didn't set out and say, Hey, I'm going to be a inspirational, motivational keynote speaker and do all this stuff. It was, I was very lucky. Um, I was, I was lucky, uh, with hard work and, and had this opportunity and kind of took it, um, it, it, it's when I started, I had this mindset. I've shared this with you probably a hundred times. I had the mindset of like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to go in, I'm going to go into a room. I'm going to tell them my grandfather's story. I'm going to tell them my story. I'm going to tell them all sorts of stories and I'm going to walk out and a hundred out of a hundred people are going to be wowed, smiling, laughing, crying, all of that. 
and their life is going to be better. And I got up on stage for the first time and I just had blank stares and I'm going, what do I do now? Right. <laughs> right. And then right. I drew it down. And I said, all right, how about 50 out of a hundred? How about 10 out of a hundred? And then all of a sudden I got to this pivotal point. I remember it. Um, it was in, um, I can't remember the name of the town, but it was, a. Uh, I was on stage in New Hampshire probably three years ago, maybe a little bit more. And uh, I was doing a morning keynote and it, it was, um, it was okay. <laughs> you know, when you, when you have one of those, when you have one of those, man, I knocked it out of the park. You don't need anybody to tell you anything. I mean, you just, you're on, but mm -hmm. you and I are human just like everybody else. And we're going to have okay and not okay days just because we're yes. on stage doesn't mean the switch goes off. Sometimes it doesn't connect. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I was feeling like it was okay. And, but it was, it was, it was impactful and meaningful to the, to the, to the level of what I was trying to say. And I'll never forget it. Uh, this woman I never met, she walks up and she says, um, I have not had, um, I haven't felt a sense of purpose for the last year plus. Um, and listening to you today has reinvigorated and given me purpose. And I said, wow, um, you know, let's talk a little bit more. And we talked some more and her, her and her son was killed in a car accident. And that was a trigger for her that just had this, you know, feeling of, and I can't imagine, I mean, I can't, none of, none of what I shared was anything even remotely close to that pain or anything, but something triggered her. And that was when I was like, man, one person, mm -hmm. just one person, if I can impact one person, and that can be saying thank you at the grocery store and no one says thank you to that person. Um, if that's one person that I can touch, that's 365 in a year, mm -hmm. Never mind if I take that number and you start to compound and it's that ripple effect. I help one person and out of every 10, one person helps another person and does something. Now it's a ripple effect of positivity and change. And that's the mindset we all have to don't, don't, don't overshoot it. Like learn from me. You ain't getting a hundred percent of people, hundred percent of people are not going to like you. You're going to be lucky if 50% of the people like you. Um, and if you can just impact one person a day and make their life a little bit better, then there's a higher probability that one of those people is going to do it for somebody else. And that ripple turns into a wave. That's and, right. Uh, that's, that's, that's the way to be. And it's, it's people like you that does that. And I guarantee you, you do that at least one a day. Well, you know, this is interesting. One of the keys earlier when the pandemic first hit, I, I did a, uh, a podcast with someone about, you know, keys to surviving COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I said was to be intentional to reach out to one person a day mm -hmm. that you've been meaning to reach out to for a long time mm -hmm. and send them a text or, or pick up the phone and just see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that intentionality goes a long way. And like you said, it can be at the, and nowadays, you know, it's not at the grocery store as much and yeah. those types of things, but telling, calling somebody and tell them how much you appreciate what, what they have done for you, or just call to say, thank you, call a teacher or call a mentor or someone just say, you know what? I was just calling to say, thank you. Yeah. And, and those are the things right now that can bring us back together. Um, just those simple things. And then you said, I, I've, I've given up on trying to change the world. Yeah. That's too, that's too big for me. Uh, but I want to change the world that I operate in. 
uh, in my close proximity. I want to make sure I have a good relationship with my neighbor on my right, my neighbor on the left, the guy across the street who makes great barbecue sauce that I can exchange my pasta sauce for his barbecue sauce. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know those, those type of things where, and that goes back to that word community that you talked about. And that's what community really is. And when you get a group of people together and they can work together on some stuff, man, one at a time, who knows where it goes? Yeah. I don't know if I can, I don't know if you can see this, but I, I had that brain drain and uh, I don't know if I can. Did I you wrote, write it down? I, I, wrote, I wrote this note about eight minutes ago and it says check in. And mm. that was the point that I lost about five to eight minutes ago. <laughs> that I just wrote down before you started talking, um, that is one of your most incredible attributes. I saved your voicemail from last week or two weeks ago, um, where you just said, Peach, it's Cooks, checking in on you, just seeing what's going on. And you knew I had a lot of stuff going on. And we ended up talking and you listened to me for about five minutes. And I, and I finally said, hey man, how you doing? You're like, well, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I'm good. I just had the surgery done and I just had all this, you, I mean, you had, my stuff was like nothing and and yet you're going you had your surgery you had all this and you still took time to call and check in on me and that's something i i've always tried to make it a point to call three to five people a week that my my address book is you know i'm very lucky i've got thousands of people on linkedin i've got a couple thousand contacts that i've gotten to know that have made it into my phone book and my phone and it's like yeah, you got all these names and numbers, but if you don't use it and you don't care, then what's the point? Right. Um, and I'll be the first person to say that I, I've fallen off checking in on people through this COVID thing uh, at times. And it's reminders like from you and, and others that I go, well, I got to get back to doing that. And then I get back on my horse and go. And it's like, look, we're all going through stuff. Um, but make sure that you're checking in on people. Make sure that you're checking in on their you know, their mental health and everything. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's, and it's rewarding, right? It's rewarding for the person that's getting it, but it's also rewarding for having that conversation with someone you haven't talked to in a while and catching up. Yeah. That, now I remember why I like that person. <laughs> I kept them in my address book, but yeah, no, that's, that's something that I, I, I can't encourage people enough and get, you know, and, and not, not social media. Like I'm, I'm so like, yeah, I, I, thanks for the happy birthdays on social media. I appreciate that. You mm -hmm. know what I appreciate more? It's like, uh, it's like you see someone that's a neighbor that lives right next door to the person and they got to put on Facebook, happy birthday. Hope it's a great one. It's like, you're going to see him go check the mail later. Why don't you just go out and say happy birthday and, you know, right. bosses, do something. That's right. Um, we got to get more personal and, uh, yeah. Yeah. and that, that check-in is important. Yeah. That personal touch thing cannot be, um, uh, overemphasized. I, I, I love people. And this has been a very difficult time for me um, because a, you know, I was on bed rest. I had sepsis and I had surgery. Then I had a, a setback and another surgery. And so I haven't been able to interact with people. And when someone does stop by or picks up the phone and calls me, man, my, it makes my day. Uh, my, <laughs> my, my wife, my wife can tell she's like, Did somebody stop by today. You know, <laughs> you are juiced up. And I'm oh, like, yeah, so-and-so yeah, stopped by or they gave me a call or we did a Zoom meeting or something like that. And yeah. and so on on a personal level, like you said, for me to receive those is important. 
um, but also for me to do it. I, that's part of who I am. And um, it allows for me to take a moment and leave my problems on the side and try to talk to someone else about theirs. Mm -hmm. And I think that so often we become self-consumed mm -hmm. with our own situation. And we need to get away from ourselves sometime so that we can heal ourselves. Yeah. And part of that healing is giving to other people and you start to understand, man, I think I'm gonna be all right. Yeah. I think I can do this, you know? And, and so uh, don't, don't, don't ever lose the personal touch. Don't oh, yeah. ever, ever give that up. I don't care how technologically advanced we become. Um, there is still nothing like a phone call, a legitimate hearing somebody's voice yeah. or, or embracing somebody for a hug or, giving the pound or, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's, there's never going to be a substitute for the human touch ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and putting your problems aside for just a few minutes and, and listening and caring about someone else's, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to leave his last name, but Joe M is his name. And uh, I get invited to this leadership summit every year. And uh, it's, 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 in, it's, uh, it's uh, less than, it's probably about 50, 60 people. So it's a really intimate but man, it's, it's jam packed with great speakers and professional development and the locations that you go on that, 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 that are, that, that help with leadership. Uh, we went out to West Point, uh, for three days and, uh, I think it's called the Thayer Hotel. It's a hotel right on the, right on the river. And they, t we did the whole West Point experience and, and, uh, um, and, and so every year that when they open, they go, okay, everybody stand up, you know, one at a time, introduce yourself and talk about what's going on in your world. And so everybody starts going through and it's just people just always just like, Oh, this is going on and this is terrible and this is bad and this is bad and this is bad. And they go through the list and Joe M's almost always the last person. Mm -hmm. And I think he does it intentionally because he's done it more than once. And he stands up and he says, I'm Joe M and I'm just here to listen to all your problems and realize my life just ain't that bad. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I just, I just die laughing because I know he's going to say, you know, I know what he's going to say. Um, but the perspective, you know, it's all perspective. Yes. Perspective um, is everything, man. Yeah. I, I, it's my, everything. My perspective story, I told you before we started, you know, um, Danny, my 13 year old, uh, apparently was treating his bed like a WWE wrestling match and he was just bouncing and jumping on and whatever. Um, probably cabin fever, but and ends up breaks the, the slats or whatever the thing that the, the mattress and box spring sit on. So I'm not a carpenter, nor do I profess to be one, but I, I can fix it. Right. So this weekend I go to fix it. I buy all the new pieces of wood. I make new slats. I do all this, but I need the center legs, the metal legs to put in the middle to, to make sure that the, the wood doesn't break in. So I go to the furniture store and I order these metal pieces they didn't have them in stock uh this was on sunday and they said oh we don't have them here but they'll be here on wednesday fair enough no problem you know we'll figure something out so yesterday this, the woman customer service for the furniture store jordan's give them a plug because they're awesome uh jordan's furniture and avon customer service woman calls and she is like unbelievably upset to talk to me like she mm. thinks she thinks this is going to be like the worst conversation because they promised to have these things on Wednesday. Mm. They know that obviously the bed can't be put together without them. And she's automatically, she's like, I'm so sorry. I know what an inconvenience this is to you. Da, 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 da. And I just listened to her for a second. I said, ma'am, um, 
I have no power in my house and I don't know when I'm going to have power again. And I haven't had it for quite some time and my food is getting ruined and my family's getting uh, ants in the pants because my son can't do remote learning and I've got all this stuff going on. I got to be honest with you, picking up these table legs is the last <laughs> thing on my list of things to do today. I'm good. You just take, you take your time. You don't worry. And, and not, not a problem. And she was like, she had this sense of relief. Like she was delivering bad news thinking that's the worst thing I'm going to listen to my dad. I'm like, if, if what I have to worry about, if the worst thing I have to worry about is those table legs, that's right. And I, then I got bigger problems. I got to find, right. I got to find bigger problems. Because, um, <laughs> but that's, you know, people don't realize that, you know, Things are worse for people and some things just don't matter. Some uh, things don't matter. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I think, you know, and, and, you know, I say this all the time. It's a great day to be alive. Yep. It's a great time to be alive. And one of the things that, that um, I live by, and it came from my coach in basketball is that as long as there's time on the clock, the game can, the game can still be played. Yep. And that's on a personal level. You know, as long as there's still time on the clock, there's an opportunity for you to make a difference in somebody else's life, for you to serve somebody else, for you to take a moment away from yourself. We keep coming back to that because, like you said, you talk to a lady who probably only gets complaints on the mm -hmm. customer service line and you were able to shift her perspective yep. and it helped you with your perspective at the same time. And that changed that moment and perhaps the rest of that day. You still didn't get to put the bed together, but you know what? You were like, you know what, people? Uh, we have somewhere to lay down. We still have a roof over our head, even though we don't have any power. Uh, we got a place, you know? And so you begin to kind of just figure out that we're still living. We're still breathing. There's still time on the clock. Let's make this work the best we can. And it may not always get you a win. I tell people that all the time. Yeah. I coached basketball games and we had great talent and all that. And sometimes we still would lose. We would put our best effort forward and we had the best strategy we knew and we still lost, but that was okay because there was still another game to play there was going to still be another opportunity. And so I think in this environment and in any environment, um, count the wins. And when you lose, learn from it. Because I think when you are learning, you're actually winning. And you can win in the midst of losses if you take it the right way, add it to your recipe for success. Yep. And I think, and I think life, life becomes so much more manageable that way. Right. I mean, at least for me, it does. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, <laughs> it's funny you say that because my hat that I've worn, I've been wearing this hat uh, since prior to uh, February 4th, 2018. I was wearing it. I got the, I got the, well, I've got, I've got a whole closet of these hats. I got probably mm -hmm. 15 of them. I bought a bunch of them after the, the game. But I've had more people that have said something to me about the Patriots loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's what this hat is. It's the Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles, New England Patriots hat. And I say, this, this hat I wear, this is to honor the Philadelphia Eagles. And they say, what are you talking about? I said, well, anytime you got two sides of the field that are going to have 400 yards each 
and just mm-hmm. amazing football on both sides. The better team that day was Philadelphia. Got to give them credit, but I still love my Patriots. That's right. Um, and that's and I had that conversation with 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 the you know the Seattle game a couple of weeks ago, and people just say, "Well, you know, you guys lost. Yep, yeah, we played our hearts out." But that's it right. Was down to one play. It was down to one play, and they and they played their hearts out to that last play. So, what do you got to be mad about? It's when you don't try. It's when you don't take that effort. It's when you don't persevere, and it's when you don't uh, you know have just resiliency is the big mm-hmm. buzzword with COVID, but. You know, right. when you're not resilient and when you're not trying, that's when, you know, the only time you fail is when you don't actually try. That's there's, right. There's, there's success when you are determined to at least give your best effort. That's um, right. That's right. And, well, and, you know, you, you know, my favorite, my, my favorite tagline, which you told me to get trademarked <laughs> and I did. <laughs> and, and this, and that is that your ability to endure is always greater than your willingness to endure. Yeah. If you knew in advance what it was you were going to have to deal with in life, mm-hmm. you would probably check out. Yeah. If you had known that your power was going to be going out and that you were going to have to deal with all of that, you would have been like, look, um, we got to do something else. But you didn't know. But you're, you're, you were in it and your ability kicked in. And that human will kicked in to endure and get through these things. And I think people do need to know that your ability to endure things is much greater than you think. You may, you, what you think is impossible for others is because it is impossible. It is impossible for you because that's not yours to endure. Mm-hmm. But what you're assigned to endure you can endure that and you'll make it through that. Mm-hmm. And people need to understand that right now, that, you know, this is tough, this is hard, but you are equipped and have been qualified to endure and get through to the other side of it and have a story to tell, mm-hmm. uh, have, have some uh, love to give to other people and, and to be creative and start over. I mean, I, I would listen to a guy named Dr. Percy Beatty. He said something that I, I just loved. And he said, let's not mistake this time of reset for recess. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. He said, let's not mistake that. Use this time. This is the time for us to reset and not to take a recess. Right. And wow, to me, that said it all right there. I'm like, man, it's going to be all right. Yeah. And I think, I think we just need to know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. As crazy as things are, uh, as dark, as dark as it may seem, um, as uncertain as the next days ahead are, um, you've got to believe that it's going to get better. And it may take some time. It may take some pain. It may take some antibiotics. Yep. It, may, it may take a wound vac. It may take another surgery. But ultimately, it's going to get better. Yeah. And, I, and, and I think we need to hear that message today. Yeah. No, I can't agree with you more. I think that, I think that the, the, um, the reality of time and pain is something people have to embrace. Yes. As, as uh, Jason Taylor uh, past guest, and he wore the shirt at that that uh, 
special episode, you know, you got to embrace the suck. Uh, <laughs> you got to, you, you, you have to be um, understanding and not blind to it and realize that this is, this, this, this is painful. It may be the most painful, maybe not, but be, be ready for it and, right. and realize all the stuff that you have to adapt to. You know, when I talk to um, school associations and I open up and I'm going to do it tomorrow, um, I, I say, how many of you have celebrated since March? And, mm. uh, and they say, celebrated since March? What are we celebrating? So, well, you know, on March 16th, you all had to close your schools, shut them down. Many of you have 100% free and reduced meals, not just lunches, meals <laughs> for your students. That means you have 100% of your student population comes in in the morning and they get yeah. breakfast, they have lunch, and they stay through dinner. Yeah. Uh, they don't have technology at home. Your brick and mortar buildings are no longer their safe haven. And in a matter of 24, 48, 72 hours, your entire faculty and staff had to, many of them get in their own personal vehicles and drive Chromebooks to students' homes. You had to figure out how to get those meals to those kids because they still had to eat. Right. right? You still had to eat. And then you had to figure out how to teach them. Mm -hmm. And we did it pretty darn good. And then you also had to figure out how to properly care for those buildings, even though people weren't in them, to be prepared for a hopeful reopening in September. And with daily shifts and changes. And you got your community and everybody watching. And they want to, they expect the best and they report the worst. So y'all did it. Mm -hmm. You made it. You're here. Yeah. Think about all that stuff. If you yep. don't celebrate and clap your hands and say, we've done good so far, we got work to do, let's get going, then something's wrong here. You mm -hmm. got to celebrate. And that's, that's right. you know, that's, again, that, that the, the, the ability to endure. Like if somebody came to them January 1st and said, hey, we're doing great. The economy's great. Unemployment's the lowest it's been in history. We've got all these great things going on. We've got great technology in our schools. And on March 16th, we're just going to shut it down your mind would immediately click on and go, there's no way we can do this. Mm -hmm. We're already setting up that mindset failure. Not going to work. And they, because they had to shift on that fly, that willingness to endure kicked in and they did it. And yep. uh, no, no greater example um, that I can find. And, and you're absolutely right. I, my, my, my good example from podcast guest is Neil Levine at McGuire's restaurant and, and here, right here in Easton. And, you know, They've had a successful restaurant for 27 years and you would call 230-8888 and someone might answer the phone within the first 10 or so rings because they're so darn busy all the time. They're flipping tables a couple times a night, every night um, and doing a great job, make great food, but no innovation, no creation. They, they had their menu, they made their food, everybody was happy, they had their drinks, COVID hit. Online ordering system, delivery, curbside, outdoor dining. I, I, and I said to Neil, I saw him last month. He, uh, he hosted Neeson Chamber of Commerce uh, meeting. And I said to him, I said, Neil, you've done more in six months than you've done in the last 27 years of expanding your opportunity and creating your future and a mm -hmm. reset. He never looked at it as recess, which a lot of companies did. Mm -hmm. um, it, but he also looked out for his neighbor, which was, a, which was a, one of the most amazing things is through all of this uncertainty and having to do things and look at things differently. The state of Massachusetts allowed for restaurants to sell alcohol 
with their orders of food, which that's where the money's at. Money isn't in the steak. The money's in the wine that goes with it. Right. Um, and he had that opportunity to do that. And he said on the news, he says, I'm not going to do it because my neighbor is a liquor store and I don't want to take business away from that person because they're hurting too. Wow. I mean, wow. Wow. Classic. That's, that's it right there. You, you don't that's it right there. You don't think you have patrons for life for that? I mean, I'm not going to forget that anytime soon. Wow. Uh, good human, you know? So, yeah. Um, no, that Dr. Dr. Percy Beatty. That- yeah. yeah. Dr. Percy Beatty. He is, uh, he's a, a musician and a producer. He actually wrote the song. I believe I can fly. And, uh, I know him from, uh, he's a, does a bunch of, uh, gospel music and that's what, what he does. And I've known him for geez, 30 years or so. And, um, I was listening to an interview of his and he mentioned that. And I was like, wow, that right there. Mm-hmm is um, really, really important. And people in that industry, you know, creative people, they get, they get what he's saying. He's like, you should be in the studio more than ever. And you should be um, getting what's next ready and all that type of stuff. And for those who are not creative like me, it's harder to do, but I'm learning to be more creative and to think outside the box and to try different things and to take a class online to learn something that I didn't know before and, and to put myself in a position to be ready. Yeah. Because whenever it's time to go, I'm, I want to be ready to go. I don't want to have to be like getting, getting ready to go. Use that time now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things, one of my takeaways, one of my personal takeaways, because I'm going to be selfish for a minute, um, and, and hopefully share something for people is, um, it's not too late to reset, you know? And I think that I was on recess, uh, and I, and I'll probably periodically admit to being on recess for a couple days or a week at a time every once in a while, because this is a lot. Um, yeah. like I said, I went March to May where I didn't believe that this was going to be a thing. And then in May, I woke up and I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to figure out how to do virtual. I got to figure out how to do this. And I was doing, I was doing, you know, makeshift setups in my garage. And then I'm like, didn't even think about this going into the summer. And I'm out there and it's 85 degrees. Well, now I got to move to my basement and I get sheets set up in the background. So you don't see the cement behind me. And now it's like, I got to build out, you know, an actual space because I need to have a quiet, good space because this isn't going away anytime soon. Um, and it's been a work. It's been a work in progress for me. So if you're on recess and if you've been on recess and if you've been in that, don't stay there. Don't stay get, there. Get, get out. Well, you know, you, you control, alt, delete and shut it off and start over hard reboot. That's right. Uh, and it, what's so, so interesting is that you needed that space anyway. Mm-hmm. You needed a good space to do what you do anyway. Right. And this epidemic caused you, it forced you. Right. To do what you needed to do anyway. You needed to have a special place that was the sound was good and the visuals were good and your mic was good. You needed that anyway. Right. And what this did, it pushed you right into it. Yeah. And and and, and like you said, let me tell you right now, I've I've had re, you know, recess is good to have when you're in school all day. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just can't play all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. at, at some point you got to work, but I think there's a balance between um, recess and, and work, you know, and we all need to go on the playground once in a while, 
and play some dodgeball and a kickball or whatever it is that we do. Um, and then get back, get back on the horse. Cause like you said, we are all dealing with so much. Right. Um, and there, it's interesting how life doesn't stop because of uh, all of the personal things that we deal with health wise, financially and otherwise. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that we don't get a reprieve from that at all. Right. We don't get a stop from that. We got to keep pushing through that while we're trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to get my next meal on the table? How am I going to get my next bill bill paid? You're still dealing with that too. And, and sometimes you need to just take a little recess. Um, and like you do, go get your big tomahawk steak. (laughs) (laughs) I'm overdue for one of those. (laughs) Put that, put that, put that on the grill. Just enjoy life, you know? Um, you know, and I, and I guess, you know, I know we're, we're getting toward the end and, uh, of our conversation today. Well, there's no time limit on this one, my friend. we had, a time, I just, we had a time limit at Starbucks. We don't have a time limit at our home. <laughs> I just, I just think that people need to enjoy life. Yeah, you know, um, take time to enjoy life, man, yeah. um, and to smile and to laugh and to bring that into your daily activity, yeah. because there's going to be enough stuff to be concerned about, uh, to want to complain about. It's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, but man, just enjoy, find something that you enjoy, find a way to do that on a regular basis. It's good for you. Yeah. It's, it's healthy for you. Um, it's needed. Um, even in a good, you know, we, we seem to do it more when it's uh, easy to do. Now you have to make it a choice. Yeah. Now you have to really make it a choice. You almost have to calendarize it, you know, so that you can actually spend that time shutting everything else down and doing the, doing that thing you enjoy. You have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't agree more with you. Um, and on that space thing, I would have never, you're absolutely right. And I would have never thought about it. And, you know, uh, you and I are in the same boat where when we speak, we travel, you know, we always thought we had to travel and it's like, I've been home for six months and I, I like being home. So mm-hmm. now that I have to think about putting all this stuff together and doing all these things, who's to say I can't work from home and do the, what I was doing on the road moving forward because everybody's embracing this virtual concept and, and grow That's and right. expand it. So, you know, it's, it's a new opportunity and it's also a new opportunity for me to, to be present. Uh, and I think that's what I'll, I'll, I'll do some closing, let you do some closing words, but I think that that's one of my takeaways um, that I, that I'm a work in progress is we all need to be more present. Um, with with everything uh with with life with love with with people with with uh places with everything i think that this covid thing is uh you know it's teaching us it's not forcing us it's teaching teaching us better to be present and uh, that's right i know that i wasn't um like i say i'm still a work in progress but it's almost impossible to travel as much as i was traveling and be present anywhere not just home but where i was going Mm. Um, Mm. and and this has been a an interesting uh, experience for me because I, you know, because I always thought I was, and then now that I'm, I'm home and I get to kind of look around, I was like, man, I haven't been present anywhere. I've been everywhere, but, mm. at, the same time, but at the same time, I was nowhere. Uh, wow. You know, that's been, yeah. Cause it was quick. Everything's quick. Right. 
It's all you, just a you, blur. You just said I was everywhere, but I wasn't anywhere. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That right there, you need to trademark that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. because you're absolutely right. I think um, that being present thing and being um, and really being available for real. Yeah. Not being, you know, that other kind of available, but mm-hmm. really being uh, being able to be there. You know, I I guess the the thing that and I learned this too, because everybody was struggling and dealing with things. And, and, and I was really alone for a long time with this bed rest because my wife was still teaching and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was like, man, no one has time to check on me. I mean, no one has called me. No one has seen how I was doing. And, and it really made me think about the importance of really being available and being present and just taking that, you, you called it the check-in. Man, let me tell you, um, I already thought I knew the value of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but having gone through what I did, through that, that 120 days of bed rest and all that, I have a greater appreciation now more than I ever have of the need to check in and the need to be checked in on yep. and how important that is. Um, and everybody doesn't get that. And I understand it. but that doesn't stop me from doing what I think I need to do. And that on the flip side of that, somebody's going to check in on me mm-hmm. as well. And um, just live your life that way. Be present, be purposeful, you know, be intentional. Uh, I call you because I want to know how you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, peace just cooks. I need to know what I, I need to know. I need to know what's up. How you doing? You need to know what's on the, on the list for the butcher. that's right we always get to some seafood or some uh, frog legs or oxtails (laughs) i'm still working on that (laughs) you know but it's 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 really i'm like i wonder how he's doing i really want to know you know and and i think that be be genuine you know and it may only be one person that you're that concerned about well then you commit to that person and you commit to making sure that you're checking in with that one person. You don't need 50 million of those. Yeah. You know, if you have it, great. But just be committed to that person or those people that you are most concerned with mm-hmm. and make sure they understand and know. The greatest thing a coach or a leader can have is compassion for the people that are part of their team. Because when people know that you really care about them, they will go through a wall for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how thick that wall is because they know, as you said, they got your back yep. and that they really want what's best for you in all areas of your life and that you're going to be present for them when they need you most. What good are you if you can't be there when I need you most? Right. What is that? I don't know what that is. And I want to be the kind of person that can be there for you when you need me the most. Yeah. And I think that if we all could just kind of take that and personalize it, internalize it and put it into some action, man, I just think it's just, it makes life easier to handle. Right. Well, it's that, yeah, if you, if you're, yeah, as a person, you know, if you put yourself in that position of, 
you know, something bad's going to happen in your life. Something's going to happen in your life that you are going to need someone. Mm-hmm. If you can't immediately have a knee jerk of like who you would call that you can count on. I mean, that's, you know, I'm very fortunate. I got a, I got a, a healthy list of, that's uh, right. of, of folks like that. You know, it's funny when you talk about sometimes you just need to focus on that one person. There was a po- post on LinkedIn yesterday by uh, Pete Durand, who's going to be on the podcast next week. He started a, a podcast called Eating Crow that I was a guest on, and he just finished his tenth episode with with actually Ed uh, Ed Rossich was on it. Oh, so mm-hmm. uh, so I was listening to the episode. I was looking at his post, which was saying about you know some of the struggle that he's had putting the podcast out that we all go through, and uh, and I just and he, and he tagged me as a, a guru, uh, someone that helped him, and I said I don't know if I would classify myself as that. I'm going to look back at my episode 10 and give myself a listen and compare it to your episode 10. I guarantee you yours is probably better than mine as, and as it was, it may or may not have been, but he was having a professional discussion with a successful CEO. I was having a successful discussion, drinking Tuwaka in a hotel room with a great friend, Ron McCulley, who's a cancer survivor. And in that episode, which I listened to, and I don't listen to my episodes as a rule. I just, for whatever reason I did, um, it was interesting because in that episode, Ron talked about how he had focus on one. Ron's a big card writer, hand handwritten card writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my gratitude wall, which is where I put every handwritten anything from someone. It's in my uh, my office. Uh, it's it's filled with Ron cards. Um, and he talks about it. he's like I wrote this guy a card every single day because he was battling cancer until he died. And wow. the son, who he never met, actually called. And Ron's like, you know, why are you calling me? And he goes, well, my dad passed away and there was a handful of people that he wanted me to call and say thank you and let you know all that stuff. And it's like, wow, the, the things that you do, as long as they're the right things, they make a difference in people's lives. You might not, don't, don't expect to hear about it, mm-hmm. why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Just know that it's making a difference. And, and that's, you know, sometimes you got to focus on one person that's really, that's really dug in and hurting. And if you have the ability, make sure you got a couple people. But yeah, you know, definitely, I, I play that out. I'm like, something happens. You know, where do I go? And I'm lucky. I mean, I, I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I, I really do. Um, uh, my mother and my 98-year-old grandmother live next door to us. Uh, Amy's mom and brother live in town. Um, we've got a very, you know, strong, you know, family and friends that are close by. Um, so I'm very lucky in that that perspective. And I got a lot of great, great friends in uh in my community, in my circle, uh, that spans, yeah. spans, spans all the globe. But, um, you know, that's one of those exercises people should do is go, I'm going to need somebody at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need somebody who, who's that, who's that going to be? And can I count on them? Cause it's better to know now than yes. when you're, than when you're in the trenches and you, and you, and you, and you dug in and you go, I need mayday, help me, somebody get me. And, and there's nobody there. Cause that's, right. that's, that's when despair happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so Man, this is great. I could talk to you for like four hours, but no, no, you, you probably got a million things going on as you always do. So um, I give you any closing words. How do people get a hold of you? Are you are you open to more virtuals? Tell people what to do, where to get your book, all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, you can you can reach me uh, on my social media platforms: LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Those are all at DCE Speaks. Um, I am definitely open to virtual uh, uh, conversations, speeches, whatever you want to call them. Uh, my website is davidcooksspeaks.com. 
Um, and uh, you can also pick up my book there. We, I, forget, I forgot we didn't talk much about the book today, but that's okay. Um, the book is called Getting Undressed from Paralysis to Purpose. And I guess a lot of what we did talk about was the book today indirectly. And so that's how you can get a hold of me. Uh, I will be dropping a podcast soon and getting one started. It's called Paralysis to Purpose. And hopefully I can have uh, some uh, stories on there that are, that are as inspiring as what you do on Be Awesome. Because yeah. you, really, you really have uh, laid a nice blueprint for um, a, a podcast that makes a difference. And, it is you, and it, it, yours is so very unique. You know, you're not trying to get quote unquote famous people, mm-hmm. but you want people who have famous stories. And, and I love, and I love how you do that. hundred percent. I, I have the most famous people that anyone could ever ask for or want. And, and, and it's, it's genuine, authentic, it's genuine, authentic relationships. That is what makes this whole thing work. And uh, we didn't talk about your book a whole lot. And I do tell, <laughs> I, I do put your book on my top 10. Um, and I've got a lot of books. Uh, I got a lot of audio books. You didn't have an audio book version. I think, do you have an audio book version now? No, you know what? With your I, voice. Man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, this is, this is the, this is the, the irony of it all. I had our, I was about two thirds of the way through doing the book when I got sick last November, uh, with sepsis. And so, uh, once I, I got back on my feet, it's one of the projects I want to finish now because my voice is strong enough now to do it. So my goal is to uh, wrap that up in the next 30 days and get that out, get that out there. So absolutely, absolutely. And also it's interesting you mentioned that because that's one of the areas I'm going to try to pivot into as well mm-hmm. is the audio book reading uh, yeah. business, business and do that for people uh, because it's one of the things I'm gifted to. I've, I've been gifted with a voice yeah. to to use to reach people and touch people and that kind of stuff and so um i'm going to try to branch off in that as well yeah i mean i, I think there's people that'll probably listen to the podcast and be like i don't know what any of them are talking about but david's voice <laughs> angelic um but no i mean i i say that only because i it's i i probably my ratio of book reading to book listening is is like i i read very few books just based mm-hmm. on time but i listen to uh, books every day. Like if I'm not listening to a podcast, I got a book playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've stopped listening to music other than very rarely. So, um, but we didn't talk about your book because I want people to buy it. I think absolutely top 10. I want people to buy the book. Uh, you can get it autographed right on his uh, website. And I'll tell you what, I, I think that people are going to like this episode. I think you're going to have a lot of first time listeners. Um, and I think I got a lot of long time listeners that still haven't done a rating or a review. So what we're going to do mm-hmm. is I got 56 rating and reviews on the uh, Be Awesome podcast platform on Apple. Uh, for the next 10 uh, reviews and ratings that I get. So go in, give it a rating. Hopefully it's five stars. If it isn't, call me first and tell me what I need to do. To get, <laughs> tell me what I need to do to get five stars. That's but, right. Um, if, you, if you do the rating and review, which means you, you hit the five stars and then you write a review and it can be, it's awesome, whatever it is. You send Josh at Be Awesome, B-E-A-U-S-M, Josh, J-O-S-H, at BeAwesome.com. From 57 to 66, I'm going to get a signed copy of David Cook's book sent to your house uh, for you to read complimentary uh, on me. So um, that'll hopefully help you, that'll hopefully help me, and that'll help the 10 people that get a chance to read it. So uh, next 10 reviews, 
and ratings, gets a copy of David's book. Uh, that'll do it here, David. I, I, yeah. I'm sure I'm going to talk to you later <laughs> or tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Saturday, Saturdays, uh, I, you, you, you got my mouth water and reminded me of the tomahawk. That, uh. it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's overdue. Um, for those of you that don't uh, know the tomahawk, the tomahawk is about a, uh, it's a bone-in big steak. It's like three and a half pounds. That, uh, just absolutely magnificent. And uh, I, <laughs> Boy, you, 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 think, you, like, you think you like that? <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, I just, I got to treat myself to something special. And Amy always says, one's good enough for both of us. And I get each of us because I say, I'm not sharing. I don't care how big it is. And I don't care how much you think I can't eat it. I'm not sharing. This is mine. Uh, <laughs> and David called when I, when I went and got my last treat of it. And, and I took pictures of the before and after and sent them over. So, um, but uh, no, David, this was great. This is fantastic. As much as I love the Starbucks and it's a story for the ages, getting to have us in our, uh, in our homes, 800 miles away from one another, but just to catch up and do this and uh, share with the audience. It's been fantastic. So yeah, uh, appreciate you, my friend. And uh, thanks for the opportunity as always. Always and anytime. Uh, that'll do it here. Uh, we really appreciate everybody's ratings and reviews. I'm going to start getting back on social, putting posts on. So be sure to follow, like, subscribe, share all that fun stuff. And, uh, you know, keep, keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, stay, stay the course. And uh, as David says, we get some time and probably some pain left, but we're going to get through this. So in the meantime, if you can be anything, be awesome.